she was a pioneer as a painter and as a woman in 19th century society. 200 years after her birth, major exhibitions are being held in France to celebrate Rosa Bonheur's extraordinary legacy. Welcome to France in Focus, where we're exploring the life and art of Rosa Bonheur. Her defense of animals, respect for rural landscapes, and fierce independence put her well ahead of her time. We're at the Chateau de Bille near Fontainebleau, where she lived and worked to learn more about her. Well, Catherine Brault, you're the owner of the chateau today. So this is an independent woman, an independent artist. Tell us a bit more about her, about her character. She was a very independent woman who had a strong will and character in part due to her mother's early passing. She had to find the strength to face that ordeal on her own. Her father was incapable of taking matters to hand, so she had to become the head of the family. So, very independent, some sense of responsibility. Could we say she was a feminist before her time? We can say she was a feminist, but it's her education that played a key role, and it was her father's influence. He believed in the Saint-Simonian principles, where women are the future of humanity. Rosa Bonheur was raised on that concept. There is no difference between women and men, and Bonheur always acted in life as a woman who sees herself as equal to men. And she even wore trousers, I believe, which was unprecedented at the time. She did wear trousers, but while it's highly symbolic for us today, and maybe at the time, but for her it was just a clothing item that was more practical to ride horses or to visit places where women weren't allowed, like cattle fairs. But it was virtually impossible to ride saddle across a Fontainebleau forest. Now tell us about this place, this home that Rosa Bonheur bought for herself. It was an important part of her career, I believe. The chateau was indeed a symbol of her success. It's a strong symbol because she was the first woman to buy such a large property in France with money she had earned and under her own name. So yes, that is very symbolic. And this home was very important for her. Tell us about the circumstances in which Rosa Bonheur bought this house at a certain stage of her career. At the time, it wasn't that unusual. Women couldn't live alone in a house because that was too dangerous, especially at a young age and if they had never been married. Women found female companions and lived together so they could back each other and share living costs. It wasn't rare. And Rosa Bonheur knew what marriage could lead to. She had seen her mother give up everything, although she was a talented musician. She gave her up to be at her husband's and her children's service. Rosa did not want to do that. She saw her mother sacrifice herself, literally, just to provide for her children. Rosa Bonheur believed she had a mission in life. 
to prove that women and men are equal and put a woman's name as high up as a man's. In order to accomplish that, she had to be free and not depend on a man or children. And she lived here with a menagerie of sorts, animals inside and outside of the chateau. Can you explain what that was all about? That's something that she started doing at a young age. She had always lived with animals, even when she lived in Paris in a third-story apartment. She had dogs, cats, hens, a goat which followed her down and up the stairs. They walked in the street and went back home on the third floor. When she settled here, it was also to bring along her menagerie. She settled them in comfortably at this three-hectare park. You can picture fairly traditional animals such as goats, but also deers, stags, lions, a wolf, possibly even bears, but we're not sure. All these animals apparently lived in harmony. A lioness belonging to Rosa lived with a doe and the sheep next door. And Rosa Bonheur received the Legion of Honour from Empress Eugenie here in the studio. That was quite a rare, uh, prestigious moment for a female artist. She was something of a pioneer in that regard. She was indeed the first woman to receive the decoration of the Legion of Honour for her art. Women had been decorated before, but they had been working in, for example, the health services and had saved people. This was the first time that they had recognised the work of a woman artist. The Empress, who is quite a trailblazing woman, said that she wanted to prove to the world that genius has no gender. This is the first time a woman gave out the Legion of Honour to someone and she chose a woman to award to Rosa Bonheur. Rosa Bonheur's art was extremely popular in the United States during her lifetime and after her death. Some of her paintings hang in private and public collections there to this day, like her masterpiece, The Horse Market, which resides in the Metropolitan Museum in New York. Because the painting was, was not acquired by the French state, it was, uh, Rosa Bonheur toured it. It traveled to, uh, to Ghent and then to Bordeaux, uh, following which it was sent to England, where it traveled to several major cities, and it was even sent to um, Buckingham Palace at the request of Queen Victoria so that she could have a private viewing. Eventually, it was bought by a London dealer who sold it to an American collector. It passed through a series of American collections. And in 1887, in the 1880s, it was purchased at auction by the American railroad millionaire Cornelius Vanderbilt, who purchased it at the auction specifically to give it to the Met. When it was presented to the Met, it was probably the most famous painting in the world. Preparatory sketches of the canvas are on show here at the Musée d'Orsay in Paris, which is hosting a special exhibition for this anniversary. I'm joined by Leila Jarbouet, the curator of this exhibition, to tell us a bit more about Rosa Bonheur's body of work. Leila, let's start with this painting, Plowing in the Nivernais. What does it tell us about Rosa Bonheur's relationship with animals? 
This painting shows that animals are central to the work of Rosa Bonheur. It's a tilling scene, but it's the animals who are front and center, the farmers relegated to second place, out of focus. The artist pays all her attention to the animal's stride, their coats, their expressions. She pays a lot of attention to each clump of earth and grass as well. We see from her sketches, her technical skill, these anatomical studies, but what sort of challenges would the artist have encountered with these models, even getting access to them? Rosa Bonheur's principal aim was to represent the expressions of the animals. For her, their expressions were key to their souls. That meant she had to get to know them, domesticate them, live with them. She was surrounded by hundreds of animals and she observed them every day. We see that she absorbed the life, quirks and individuality of each animal. We know Rosa Bonheur had a great success in the United States, but she never went there herself. How was her work presented to the American public and why did it resonate so much there? She dreamt of going to the US. It was the country of great open spaces. And for her, women's rights were more advanced there than in old Europe. She was very close to a Californian painter called Anna Klumpke, thanks to whom much of Bonheur's works were preserved. Bonheur had lots of success because of her masterpiece, The Horse Fair, bought by collectors over there, which is now in the Met. Her dealer organized very successful tours in the US. But America also came to her via Buffalo Bill's Wild West show, which stopped in Paris, and where Bonheur discovered new animals such as thoroughbred horses, bison, as well as the Lakota Sioux, who greatly interested her. Indeed, she painted the American prairies, Buffalo Bill, as you mentioned. Why do you think she felt such an affinity with these landscapes, these characters? She was very interested by the wild side of these open spaces. She wanted to freeze endangered species on the canvas. It was the era of bison massacres, and Bonheur tried to ward off this massacre in her art by immortalizing the bison. She also loved the relationship the Lakota had with their horses. We can see them with their thoroughbreds, without saddles or bridles, in total harmony. In this exhibition, we see some pieces that have never been on show to the public. In fact, there have been relatively few exhibitions of her work since her death. Why do you think there was this lack of interest? Rosa Bonheur left the public market to prioritize private clients. She had many collectors in the UK and the US, and lots of very important works are in the US now because they were bought by American collectors during the artist's lifetime. And where do you see her influence, uh, her legacy in the art that followed hers? There's a renewed interest in her paintings today and in animal welfare. We're realizing that we have to take humans out of art and realize that humans aren't the center of the universe. There are also other living things that we need to take into account. Leila, thank you very much. Thank you. Well, that's all for this week's show. Do join us next time, though, on France 24 for more France in Focus.